0: It doesn't. Hawkinsmith here from Penn Live. I've got your Penn State talking points for Wednesday, October 19th. Penn State coming off a 41 17 loss to Michigan, where they were manhandled on both sides of the ball. So they've got some progress to make going into Minnesota this coming weekend. James Franklin talked with reporters on Tuesday. He got into one of the primary talking points was his quarterback situation being asked, A, about the health of Sean Clifford who had to exit that Michigan game early with an unknown injury, and B, the idea of pivoting to true freshman Drew Aller. And on the first point, he stuck with his policy of not getting into injuries. He did say, probably fairly, that it's too early in the week that they hadn't had a practice yet, so it was hard to comment on the status of Sean Clifford going into Minnesota. And when it comes to... The, the calls from fans about Drew Aller, he was asked about that and basically reiterated what he said all along is that Sean Clifford gives this team its best chance to win on a game-by-game basis. Uh, Sean Clifford is who he is at this point. Uh, a lot of fans, understandably, ha- have been itching to see more of the prized freshman Drew Aller, who has shown some really, really good things in limited duty so far this season. But I don't think without an injury to Sean Clifford that Drew Aller's time begins now. Uh, And if it doesn't begin now, it's kind of hard to see unless there's a total collapse from Penn State that it begins this season, really. I think Penn State's going to continue down this path where they try to get Drew Aller playing time however often they can, usually when games are out of reach. So I would expect that to be the case um, for Sean Clifford to be given the leeway to try to play through whatever ails him right now. He's been given that leeway in the past. I don't think the the presence of Drew Aller um, changes much about that. Uh, Aller is a very exciting prospect. He looks like he's ready to play at a pretty high level now and at the same time you reap some rewards for down the road, uh, big picture long term by getting him reps and experience and making him better prepared for that inevitable transition next season when Sean Clifford finally wears out his eligibility. He's in his sixth year, fourth year as a starter. Uh, So I think any calls for for Drew Aller weren't really being heard by James Franklin because he doesn't think the freshman gives his team the best chance to win each week and said, uh, kind of philosophize that anybody who's calling for that isn't really thinking about the here and now as much as they are down the road. But uh, agree to disagree on that one. If you, if you might, I don't think James Franklin's mind is changing. He has been loyal and committed and confident in Sean Clifford. And that continues to be the case, even as he wasn't really much of a factor in that loss to Michigan. Speaking of that loss to Michigan, uh, something's making its way around the Michigan blogosphere and the and the and the fandom there. James Franklin talking about the tunnel situation at the Big House. One tunnel for two teams, and you've seen some video floating around and some uh, little clips and even a quote from Michigan's dietitian about what went down in the tunnel. The two teams got into a bit of a shouting match. Uh, James Franklin was seen in one video shouting at uh, a Michigan staffer that was off camera, uh, telling them not to talk to the Penn State players and really it just being a distraction and preventing both teams really from getting into their locker rooms in a timely manner. So James Franklin talked about this on Tuesday and basically called for the Big Ten to make some kind of policy change, even if that's just to stagger the exits from the field going into halftime when things are going to get a little bit heated, their opponents on the field. Uh, I think inevitably words are going to be exchanged and and there is a chance to escalate it. But I'm not sure if James Franklin was really barking up the right tree on this one. Uh, I think From Michigan's point of view, his team uh, was just as in the wrong as Michigan's team, if not more in the wrong than Michigan's team. And the dietician was backing up what looked like on video Penn State players throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, at Michigan players. So I think it just all got a little bit ugly and Jane Franklin didn't like it and tried to use his voice uh, to speak out against it. And I think Michigan fans got a pretty good laugh out of that and didn't really take it all that seriously. And I wouldn't expect the Big Ten to change a whole lot about this based on what James Franklin had to say. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Two Penn State cornerbacks got a nice little bit of recognition uh, in the early part of this week as well. Mid-season All-American teams came out, two different ones um, so far. The first was from the Associated Press. They had Joey Porter as a midseason All-American. And Pro Football Focus had Kaelin King as a first-team All-American. Both have been standouts in coverage for Penn State, which has been a huge part of Manny Diaz's defense. The ability to lock down opposing wide receivers one-on-one. The team leads the nation in passes defended with 52 Um, Both King and Porter Jr. have been standouts in that regard. Porter leads the team with 10 pass breakups. He had six of them alone in week one when Purdue inexplicably went after him again and again and again. Uh, Kalen King is second on the team with nine pass breakups. He has the second highest coverage grade in the nation Uh, according to pro football focus that alone helped him get that first team recognition from, from PFF Joey Porter jr. Was a third teamer on that same list. He's a future first-round NFL draft pick who hasn't been tested all that much since that win over Purdue. I think the film kind of spoke for itself with his length, athleticism, his arm, his competitive, uh, his arm length, I should say, his competitiveness, uh, his ball skills. The whole package has been there on display where last season you saw him struggle late with a lot of grabby type, holding and pass interference penalties. I think it's safe to say that Porter has grown from that and moved on from it. it hasn't been much of an issue uh, so far this season. It all points to him exiting after 2022 and probably being in the running for a first-round pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Caitlin King has another season of eligibility left, at least one more season of eligibility. But if he keeps playing the way that he is, I think he profiles nicely as probably a high round NFL draft pick. He uh, came on late in 2021 as a true freshman. You saw him maybe hit some bumps in the road, uh, some growing pains early as a freshman, but you saw you've really seen him uh, take command of that number two cornerback job. It was something that Penn State's defense really needed after losing Tariq Castro fields to the, the NFL, so he came in there, um, locked that down. But you still have DaQuan Hardy holding down the slot, and you've got Marquise Wilson and Johnny Dixon who have both seen a pretty substantial amount of playing time. They've gone deep into that rotation and haven't seen a ton of drop off, even from one to five on that list. It's what has made Penn State's defense so unique and so effective. Is that group is deep. It's talented, and it is very, very good, and I think it can withstand even losing, in all likelihood, Joey Porter Jr. to the NFL draft and still be in pretty good shape going forward. They've recruited well there. They've developed well there. They've even lost um, uh, quite a few cornerbacks to transitioning to safety, the most recent of those. Uh, was Keaton Ellis, who is now a starter at safety after beginning last spring as a cornerback. He transitioned to safety uh, in the summertime, and he's been very, very good on that front. So even with those personnel um, changes, Penn State is in a very good spot at cornerback with two All-Americans leading the way in 2022. Last but not least, Penn State's defensive line, a lot of eyeballs will be on this group, and you had a a few of them talk about where they're at now coming out of the Michigan game. That was a game that Penn State defensive tackle P.J. Mustapher said that he was embarrassed by the way the deck group was pushed around by Michigan's offensive line. The numbers speak for themselves in that way. Penn State gave up 418 yards rushing to the Wolverines, and they made it look easy pretty much every step of the way, four quarters, 60 minutes. Uh, Both Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards both got 160-plus yards on the ground. Michigan's offensive line was often one, two, three yards downfield, sealing off everybody and giving Corum and Edwards pretty much their choice of what lane they wanted to run through. Uh, It was a dominant showing, um, something that was a little bit jarring because Penn State had been so good. I believe they went into Michigan uh, as the number 5 run defense in America. They did a really good job of forcing opponents to be one-dimensional. That was the idea against Michigan is try to dedicate bodies and take away that run game the best they could and try to put their young quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, in a position to have to win that game with his arm. I believe it's safe to say they were unsuccessful in doing so, about as unsuccessful as you can be, given the 400-plus yards on the ground. Uh, But Penn State's defensive lineman said the idea at this point now is to have re the film, uh, take that one on the chin, try to learn and move on from that game. And I think they're going to have to move on pretty quickly because Minnesota surely saw that film and felt like maybe they can replicate some of that success. Mo Ibrahim, in his sixth year uh, on campus, is a physical, powerful, um, hungry running back. And I think he's going to be a handful Saturday night. Penn State's going to have to prove it against him. They're going to have to step up there, take it on the chin, be physical, and prove that they can stop Mo Ibrahim before Minnesota even considers going away from him. Uh, but it is time to learn from that Michigan Michigan game. Try to apply it. Get tougher, more physical, more discipline when it comes to run gaps. Uh, Saturday's game and the outcome of it likely depends on it. But the good news is the whiteout crowd – historically has tended to benefit defensive linemen more than any other group because they can get a jump on the snap. They're seeing the same thing that Minnesota's offensive linemen will be seeing, so they should be quick off the ball and can help them defend both the run and get after the quarterback. Thanks for tuning into this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. As always, be sure to follow along to daily Penn State podcasts from Penn Live. Those can be found anywhere podcasts are. Everything else we do is available at PennLive.com dot com slash pennstatefootball. And we'll see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cure Relief, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cure Leaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location.